Hello and welcome to series two of The Joy of Writing. I'm your host, Mark Carew. In this series, I will be talking to authors about the fun, the satisfaction, the joy they get from their writing, whether it's prose fiction, narrative non-fiction or poetry. In this episode, I'm speaking again with Louise Fine, author of People Like Us, who offers some excellent advice to aspiring writers. She also tells us about a novel that really resonated with her. So, uh, Louise, it's a great pleasure to talk to you again. Um, it's always interesting to hear advice from writers to other writers, maybe just starting out or, or thinking about writing, um, on how they should go about it and what you found useful. Um, what, what, what did you find useful going along in your journey writing your book? Yeah, thanks for having me again on the show, Mark. Um, my biggest piece of advice is keep going. However hard it is, just keep going. Um, there were so many times when I felt I wasn't good enough and I wanted to give up and the work I was actually doing at the time wasn't good enough. Um, and I think every single writer, however experienced they are, goes through that process when they're writing a book um, and it's not meant to be easy <laughs> uh, so you've just got to keep going. It's an extraordinary thing really, I mean you, you will hear lots of uh, advice from writers uh, number one saying don't bother it's awful and then number <laughs> two, well if, if you do bother then somehow grit your teeth and you'll get there in the end. Yeah definitely, but I think um I think also there are fun parts along the way so you do get days and I think maybe if you're prepared for this it feels better you'll yeah. get days when you feel the writing goes really well and it's flowing and it's wonderful and then you'll get days when it feels like you're walking uphill through treacle and yes. it's just that is just part of the process yes. um, and other times you'll 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 finish a day and you'll think oh my gosh I've just written the most amazing stuff it's been brilliant and then the next day you'll read what you wrote and you thought this is absolutely terrible yes. um, but but I think sometimes you're too close to the work and you have to put it away for a while and then you go back to it and you, often you think actually that's not that's not bad you know yes. you can it's see it's 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 you've got some distance do, do you have any strategies for giving yourself that sort of distance so you can come back with fresh eyes for your own work? Yeah, well, my what I tend to do is I tend to try to get through the first draft without worrying too much. So I will write, and then the next day I will just go back over what I wrote the day before, partly to get myself back into that mindset, but partly just to do some a little bit of editing so I do edit as I go along, but I plough through and there will be parts when I think, I know this isn't quite right, yeah. but I'll just leave a little note to myself and then I'll carry on. Um, because I think you really have to get to the end and then you can sit back and look at the whole thing and work out what you need to do with it. So Absolutely. I think those are very wise words. I think one of the mistakes you make when you're starting out is that you think, well, I'm going to write this from A to Z and it'll be pretty darn perfect when I'm done if I just revise all the time as I go along yeah. and it's not like that at all and then, then you realise with some experience you think no, just get that first draft done yeah. 
yeah definitely and the other thing the other little tip i would say because when i uh when i was starting out some people said to me because i had no contacts at all in the publishing industry or with agents or anything and someone said to me look just get plugged into social media start following agents start following you know publishers so you get a feel for what's out there and how to how to do it so i did that um but I found it really, really demoralizing yeah. because all these people were getting, you know, these seven figure advances and six figure advances and every, you know, every, every debut was stunning. And then you'd be reading books as well and they'd be amazing and you just would look at what you've done and you'd think, you know, I'm ne I can never write like that. It's never going to be any good. But of course, you're comparing your first draft with a finished article that has been through loads of edits, loads of help, you know. So my advice is don't worry about any of that. Just keep going and you will get there. Yeah, I think, again, I mean, yeah, totally agree. I, I don't think you can join in that swim uh, and, you know, start splashing around with people who've made it and, like you say, got massive book deals. Uh, your responsibility is to complete that first draft and then make it even better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now that's that's very wise wise words again. Um, so that was good for you to be able to recognise that yourself, and um, that's some advice from other people, which which wasn't really sort of for that time. Um, have you found working in groups or writers groups or friends to be yeah. to be helpful well, as well? Yeah, well, I did. I did do a masters. I uh, yeah. so I, the thing that really kicked off my writing was I, I have always written, but I'd never dared to write a novel. It had been sort of short stories and poetry and things. And then I saw an advertisement for a masters in creative writing, yeah. uh, and it. But it was specific to writing your first novel, and I thought that is that's the course for me yeah, uh, and then I was delighted to be accepted onto it and then I uh, we obviously were critiquing each other's work as we went um, and then we kept going so after the course had finished we carried on as as a writers group with the mm. you know, critiquing each other's work um, we're all at different stages some people still haven't finished their first novel some people got a publish well one person got a publishing deal before she'd even finished the course wow. so we were all at different stages um but yeah that's been absolutely key um, yeah. to 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 help and and e you know even if you're not in a writer's group uh i think you have to be careful about the group that you pick because they need to be um they need to be on a similar sort of level to you um, yes. maybe doing similar things um we are all we were all writing novels so that i found helpful because we were all having the same problems um i have got a friend who she's got you know people doing lots of different things in her group and i don't think the critique the critique is always quite supportive which is lovely but actually what you want is people to be you know saying look i really don't think this part is working because of xyz because that's what's going to make it better at the end of the day yes um, so to find that group you do there's a little bit of luck there to get the right people yeah. in the same uh, room virtually or otherwise but that, that sounds like the basic principle of um, 
feedback, you know, mutual peer-to-peer -peer support. Yeah. Um, so that that came out of like-minded people doing the same creative writing course. Yes. yes. Yeah. And um, you'll you'll keep on now as buddies. Yeah, that's yeah, that's excellent. I learned as much critiquing other people's work as I did from them critiquing mine. So I just wanted to say that it's it's as useful looking at what other people are doing. Um, so, which is the benefit of a group because then you are doing that. Um, in terms of books and to be honest I have I know a lot of people have found that helpful but I haven't really done that much of that partly because the course covered a lot of the writer's craft um, mm. I do listen to quite a lot of podcasts so um, I listen to the honest authors I don't know mm -hmm. if you've come across them um, so yeah and just chatting with other authors <laughs> I found really helpful so I've got quite a lot of author groups going now um, and yeah there's a lot of information swapping through through that yeah yeah I've, I mean you know as I said there are a lot of a lot of advice out there and and whether you get it from a single book or a writers group um, you know there's different forms of the advice but I think writing is such a funny thing a strange yeah. thing that you, you only really learn how to do it by doing it um, yeah. Um, and reading as well. I mean, yes. I think you absorb so much, sort of just without even knowing when you when you read books and reading really wide widely as well. I mean, I read really widely, so I think you learn different things from different genres as well um, that you can all bring into your own own writing. Yes, we we've had that before. That advice. I mean, uh, write a lot, of course, and read a lot. And I think sometimes that's forgotten, but you do have to read incredibly widely yeah just to span the entire subject i mean back in the uh, in the day uh, uh, when i was an academic i used to exhort to um students to read widely around the subject as we all did yeah. um but they perhaps weren't so into the subject as i was oh well never mind <laughs> but that does bring us nicely onto your influential book that you selected one that really resonated with you if you'd like yeah. to introduce that Yes, yeah, so the book I picked um, is actually was, I picked this particular book because it was pertinent to the book I wrote, uh, and it's All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Durr. Um, and I actually read this book a couple of times. Um, the first time I just read it as a reader um, and loved it, loved it. Um, and then when I was writing my novel, I read it again, and I then sort of just kept reading parts of it because I found it so it struck so much of a chord with me because it achieved what I kind of wanted to achieve but I didn't think I was capable of mm -hmm. um, but the thing that I took from it was it had I felt it had this rhythm this beat to it and I knew that I needed to find that beat to my book I don't know if that makes sense but I think every book has a certain, yeah, certain rhythm to it. Yes, agreed. Uh, yeah. I really felt it in this book, and I didn't, I didn't kind of realise that's what I needed until I read it in this book, uh, and then I found it in mine, <laughs> um, and I just felt there was so much between the pages. There was so much unsaid in the book, um, and I think I have a tendency probably to overwrite. Uh -huh. uh, and 
I realised when I read this book that I needed to cut a lot out. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, there's more that's said that's unsaid. Um, and I just felt that his, you know, everything was so beautiful. The language was beautiful. Um, and the, he did the relationship between these two people that really didn't connect in the book so beautifully. Yeah. Uh, and that was what I kind of wanted to capture in mind. I, I didn't go about it at all in the same way. He's, he's told his story from two different perspectives. Um, I've only told mine from one, but it was really capturing that essence that I wanted to achieve in my book. By the essence, you mean the sort of heartbeat Yes. The book. Yes. So that that was interesting. You said that you it helped you find the the beat in your own work and to clear away what wasn't needed. Yeah. So by that you mean well here here is here's the driver here's the engine room, and now I, you want to get that sort of motion going and the, then reader picks up on that and goes aha I see this is where we're we're going with this. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a book, I mean, it depends how you describe it. It has a heart yeah. to it or it has a thread that yeah. leads all the way through that book. And in All the Light We Cannot See, it's this relationship between um, this German boy um, who it, it just, he's, he's in the Hitler, he's in a special Hitler school. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really want to be there, um, but he has to be. Uh, and he's brilliant with um, his, his uh, sort of, um, uh, he's a radio operator. Mm. And actually, the, the other thing that re really influenced me was the research he must have done for this book was extraordinary. And it came through so brilliantly, but without it being sort of pounded into you. Yeah. It, and and um, so that, that was also an influence. But, but the thread of the story was his relationship with this blind French girl and they they did meet but very briefly but it was through his radio broadcast that there was this sort of relationship going and that was the thread that kept you interested in the book and yeah. there, there's a relationship at the heart of my book um, but what I, what I wanted to achieve with that sort of subtlety um, and uh, the messages that came through without stating them obviously, if that makes sense. So the, the author had a nice approach to making contact between characters. Um, yes, it was. It was the way he handled the relationship. Yeah. Without yeah. being, without just stating it all. Yeah. Really obviously, uh, and. Yeah, so I wanted to try to achieve something subtle like that in yes, the book. Yes, okay. Um, and, and it meant I had to almost rein back a bit in in what I was doing. So it's, it's a bit more understated than overstated, if that makes sense. <laughs> I do. I mean, are, are we getting onto the old sort of show and uh, not tell? Well, uh, partly, but I think it's... Um, it's partly that that's the kind of obvious thing but it's mm. it's more than that it's about the hidden messages in right. between lines um and and just getting that flavor of the period the flavor of everything so i mean you know i i did a ton of research for my book 
yes ninety five percent of it isn't in the book, so you kind right. of hope that the flavor of everything is in there without it being obviously stated yes um, it doesn't feel like a history lesson but to you all, all your research gives you um, a great understanding of that time and setting yeah and then from your from from the book all the light we cannot see uh, you're getting the same idea you're, you're you're transported to that place and yeah that's that's essential for holding your imagination in the story yes yes absolutely absolutely um and yeah so i mean it in, influenced me in a number of ways in in yeah. that way in in the the way he handled the relationship and in the way the 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 sort of the beat of the book yes okay and uh for the, the the characters, um, they're only sort of superficially similar, I suppose. The, the setting is wartime um, Germany and France. Yeah, I mean, his his book is actually set during the war, and mine mm. is is more about the build up to yes. to the war. Yes, um, yeah. but it's you know he he does have a character who is um, who is. He's not so much brainwashed into the Nazi concept because he doesn't really, but he just goes along with it. Yeah, and he's got no choice, really. He's got no choice. Yeah. Uh, whereas my character is is positively supportive, at least at the beginning of the book. Um, but his book shows very clearly how people just didn't have a choice, uh, and I wanted to explore that in my book because my book comes much earlier. It's really how did they get to that point? How did they arrive at what he's painted so beautifully in his book? Right. And, and I think that's what my book, book explores is how they got to that point. Yes. How, how did we come to this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which brings. I mean, it's nice coming back to your first point of just keep going. So if you do find such a book, yeah, that chimes with you, and you you can see yes, I I, I wish I'd have written it, or um, I'd love to do the same. Yeah. Um, so again, and only that will come from reading widely. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because no one's going to tell you read this book. <laughs> no, no, that's true. And sometimes I think it come, you know, it can come from a book you don't even expect it to, or it's just something that clicks yeah. or times. Um, you know, as a writer, I'm sure you've had similar experiences. Absolutely, you, you you never know what's going to happen. I mean, that's one of the great great sort of yeah I mean you know joys of the whole business is that you read something that um, suddenly clicks with you yes and um, yeah no, that's that's absolutely it um, yeah I mean it's the inspiration you, you just have to be ready to discover your own inspiration and such a funny thing can't write that down in a a little paperback bestseller on how to write a, a book you've just got to do it that's right, and I think if you haven't quite found it, if you're sort of floundering a bit in your writing, and it may even come, you know, maybe it come from a film, or you know, there's there's just different ways that you connect to stories. I think as well. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a very good point actually. If you do want to write and be inspired, well, you have to find your own inspiration. If you're looking around for the book that says here's how you write a book yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm sure a figure like Yoda would pop up and say oh this is not the way <laughs> you, yes. you must dig deeper and wider 
Uh, but anyway, um, I don't know much about Yoda. Um, but I, again, it, it just sort of um, exemplifies the, the quite, the, quite the, the strange and funny nature of the job of writing anything. Um, and yes, it's always always fantastic to hear of authors who who get there, um, yeah. who who kept going and and found their own way there. I mean, that's just a remarkable thing in itself. Um, thank you, Louise. Your your advice, I'm sure, will be inspirational to many. Thank uh, you. I hope so. Yeah. I'm sure it will will do. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Mark. In the next episode, we meet Andy McDonnell, the poet and director of Gatehouse Press, who published his debut collection of poetry, The Somnambulous Cookbook, last year.